Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. I'm meteorologist Jeff Orgeron, joined by our chief meteorologist Mark Nelson. Hey Mark. Jeff, here we are. We're at the big weather conference in a different location, live. Well, it's not really live. It's live to us, but uh, we're in a very hot place. That's right. We are broadcasting on Thursday, June 22nd from Phoenix, Arizona. And you're probably thinking, why would a group of meteorologists meet for a conference in Phoenix, Arizona in June, in late June? Because the rooms are cheap. That's right. right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. I think they got a good deal on the uh, on this resort. It's actually like a resort that is detached from, well, I guess it is still in the Phoenix metro area, but you're, we're definitely yeah. not in the heart of Phoenix. And we're, so we're at a resort, pretty nice resort. I was just saying to Jeff folks that uh, to come here in March would be excellent. But yesterday was 109. I don't know what it is right now, but folks, just before we recorded this, I'm like, wait, we got to have the Phoenix field. We got to go record this like out in the, in the pool area, you know, the palm trees and stuff. And we looked for a shady spot and it's plenty warm in the shade, kind of marginal, but there is no way I'm going to go sit in the sun out there. It is just blazing hot. I assume yeah. in the upper 100s again today. So we're in our rooms, separate rooms here. You have the beautiful background of the Phoenix skyline painted on the wall. What about yours, I mean, Jeff? How's your room? I literally have that same painting. So I thought I was what? unique. I had like a monsoon type of thunderstorm painting in the background, but now we all have the same one apparently. So yep, we got figure. the same thing, but it's a nice place. Pretty happy with it. Remember the uh, birds over breakfast? Right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We had ducks and birds flying around for the tables that were not being watched. <laughs> they were swooping in and grabbing stuff. Yeah. Um, right. I, and yeah, I was hoping, Mark, that you know, a couple months ago, I was hoping that the monsoon would really kick up in the Phoenix area. Yeah. For those that that don't know what the monsoon is, I know a lot of people think monsoon is a storm. It's actually a wind reversal that occurs in Mexico. Right. And it brings more moisture inland, and it leads to thunderstorms developing during the afternoons under the right weather pattern. Right now, right. it's just blazing hot, not many clouds out there. Uh, and we were – when we went to dinner last night, Mark, it was like in the mid to upper 90s. And we, it's just – it feels sticky out there at night because the dew point gets closer to the temperature. During the day, it's like a complete dry heat, of course, because we're in Arizona. Right. Um, but much different than the Northwest where, man – all of you are enjoying some pretty nice conditions up there, right, Mark? Really nice, isn't it? I mean, yesterday was in the 70s, sunshine. You know, we had the showers. We got uh, we ended up with, I think, a little over an inch or so in the Portland area out of the cold shower Sunday, Monday. And really not many Tuesday. Uh, yeah, that's right, because I, I, I was all around on Tuesday. I didn't leave till Tuesday evening. And then uh, Wednesday, yesterday was great. Thursday is great. Now, some of you may be watching this either online or maybe on Fox 12 now. This will be playing on on our on our second station, Fox 12 now. It's through the app uh, at 2 p.m. on Friday. So some of you are saying, wait a minute, it's warm again today. So yeah, we're in a warm pattern for a few days, actually for quite a while. And before we really dive into the forecast for mm -hmm. Northwest Oregon, Southwest Washington and beyond, um, we should talk about those thunderstorms that played out over the weekend. And I thought Sunday was really impressive. There was a thunderstorm that formed right offshore of the Northern Oregon coast, Mark, and the National right. Weather Service. Well, we got a, a flood of photos from all of you at home. Thank you for doing that. Easiest way, by the way, is to go onto our website or our weather app. You submit through there, through the right. weather page, and then it comes to us and we can use it um, on our platforms. All, all approved, all legal, because the lawyers you know, want everybody to have the, the, all the legalities taken care of. So yeah, through our app or through the website is the best. And yeah. so one of the, the thunderstorms that formed uh, was right along the northern Oregon coast. There were some photos that came in from Cannon Beach, that came in from Rockaway Beach. 
And this particular thunderstorm, Sunday morning between 1020 to 1040 a.m., that Monday, 20 minutes Monday. Oh, was it Monday? Excuse me. Yeah, Monday. Sunday was the heavy hail storm in Clackamas and, That's and right. the, uh, That's the right. tornado in the valley. And then, yeah, you're right. It was Monday morning. Yeah. Monday morning. Um, that storm produced five water spouts in a 20-minute period, according to the National Weather Service, wow. right offshore. So a water spout, to review, is a tornado that forms over water. It could be a river, a lake, an ocean, like the Pacific Ocean. And we had some crazy photos come in. And it's not completely out of the ordinary to see a water spout form along the coastline. But no. to have more than one from one thunderstorm or five is a bit more <laughs> unusual. So, and we um, we thank folks for the photos too because we had that one photo from uh, somebody at, from the Stephanie Inn area in the South Cannon Beach, and you could clearly see two water spouts. I used it on every show Monday evening, so that was great. So, thank you. We do speaking of water spouts, the day before that, we had a water spout that formed <laughs> over the Columbia River near Camas right. and Montshugal, and we had videos that came in. Thank you to everybody for those. Some photos that came in. Um, so. Very active weather, and those were healthy thunderstorms and showers. They they produced really good rainfall rates, yeah. um, helped soak the ground. Uh, mid to late June, we will accept any kind of rain we can get heading into fire season. Um, things were getting a little bit sketchy with the brush fires that were breaking out mm -hmm. um, the days before that, such as in the Dalles, there was that that brush fire that broke out. So, uh, damped the ground, dampened the ground rather, and. Uh, Put us, you know, it kind of put off fire season in some cases by a few weeks or so, hopefully, or less. Um, we'll see how this and, all you know, plays out. Some folks didn't get much rain way out there on the west side, like western Washington County, the western Tualatin Valley was, uh, I think, right. Banks and Forest Grove only had a one or two tenths of an inch. Yet Troutdale, East Metro, had an inch and a half out of the whole thing. So some of us east side tended to get soaked better than the west side, but models have kind of shown that. And that's pretty typical. I mean, right east of the coast range forest grove banks um i mean there's no there's no surprise there are farms out there because you get more sunshine right. the air descends the coast range and uh it's a little bit of a rain shadow that plays out there so okay so we've covered kind of what has happened you know recently and let's talk about well a pretty stable weather pattern aside from a little hiccup that might occur Tomorrow. Uh -oh. So, so again, we're recording this Thursday, June 22nd. A lot of you will watch this on Fox 12 now Friday afternoon, and we're going to be watching closely Friday late afternoon, evening. In fact, both Mark and I are flying back into Portland around the time when a couple of isolated thunderstorms may pop up. So before we get into like the long range forecast, Mark, yeah. let's talk about what, what we may end up seeing in the metro area uh, come late day tomorrow or Friday. Yes. Yeah, so Jeff, you load up your graphic. I'll talk because I okay, can't do, do both that. at once. Um, yeah. So okay. we have an upper level low sitting over Northeast Washington right now. It's, it's the remnants really of the low that was over us a few days ago and it's kind of split apart and it's slowly drifting the next 24 hours westward uh, to about tomorrow afternoon. It's over the Olympic Peninsula. It's pretty weak, but it's there. So there is a circulation and I think every single model I've looked at, the, the Wharf GFS from the UW high res, the Euro, our own graph, and there, Jeff's pulling it up there. And now Jeff's favorite, the NAM Nest, three kilometer. Okay, show us what happens, Jeff. So this is from uh, Weather Bell, who will yeah, talk so, about them in a right, moment, by the way. Um, go ahead. So this is uh, this is at three o'clock in the afternoon, just kind of a, a, a screenshot of what could be playing out. So Mark, can you see my cursor? Yep, I can see it. So I'm circling the west side of the metro area, uh, Yamhill Val or Yamhill County, uh, Western actually, Washington yeah, County, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. Washington County. So a, a few cells, maybe two, three cells or more, may pop up, and then we'll take this. We'll advance this. So that's right at here. two p.m. Actually, 2 excuse PM me, Friday. this is two p.m. Yeah, yeah, two p.m. Twenty-one yeah. Z. So this is mm-hmm. three p.m. Cell starts to mature. Four p.m. We might have a few cells Uh-oh. firing up. This this tells us that we could have some thunderstorms popping up around uh, four o'clock in the afternoon. This is five o'clock. And some of the cells are moving o- over, let's say, Multnomah County, Clark County, pushing eastward uh, toward the gorge and the Cascades. And then we'll take this into 6 o'clock, and they start to move over the Cascades, and eventually with the loss of daytime heating. Then it's over. And, yeah, yeah it, most of it fizzles out. So I'll go ahead and pop back up here, and let's stop sharing for a second. Again, we're, we're still kind of getting used to <laughs> this whole screen sharing thing. Hopefully that worked out. It, sure. it seems like it worked out. Um, and of course, what, and of course, if you're just watching, and I'm sorry, if you're just listening on the podcast, hopefully we described it to you, you just saw a few little spots pop up, little small little cells. And that was composite reflectivity, which in the past, I don't know if you'd agree, Jeff, I found that looks tends to look a little more intense than maybe what occurs, like stuff although, that doesn't, doesn't reach the ground. Sometimes that happened last summer. And it doesn't. It, oh, it's it. kind of like, I, I well, I think, the, <laughs> I think the NAM NAS tends to maybe overdo it a tad while the graph, the IBM graph model does underdo it a bit sometimes with convection, which would be thunderstorms sure. in this case. So I think the general message going into tomorrow mid-afternoon into the evening is a few thunderstorms could pop up during our evening commute. And right. some of those could produce downpours, some hail. Um, we could have really gusty wind from outflow winds coming, you know, with that cold air descending out of the thunderstorms. And I, I, we don't want you to be surprised if, if there are some really heavy you know, cells that develop out there. I, I think I get most interested when I see several different models showing the same general idea. It's interesting. They all show something trying to, like the Warp GFS just has one little pop-up and then it's gone. Our graph does kind of what you just saw on the NAM nest model. So when I see several of them doing something similar, it's like, oh, in my mind, it's like, oh, something's up for mid to late afternoon tomorrow. It's going to be brief, but, uh, and maybe there's only one little thunderstorm over Scapoose and that's it. But I think something's probably going to pop up somewhere in the metro area. We will see. There, and for the thunderstorm lovers out there, we don't want you to be disappointed okay. when your neighborhood doesn't get that thunderstorm. It may be 10 miles to the east-northeast, for instance. So um, just be prepared for a few cells. Tomorrow right. late afternoon is not a great time to be hiking, let's say, or to be taking a long walk with your dog between about 3 to 6 right. o'clock. Keep an eye on the sky. If you hear thunder, of course, stay indoors. But – Beyond that, Mark, we're entering a pretty stable weather pattern. Well, you know what's most interesting? I just looked at the 500 millibar pattern, and it's not that we have a big hot ridge sitting over the West Coast, but it's just uh, we just don't we have an absence of upper level cool systems coming overhead. Which, if we don't have a cool wet system overhead at the end of June and early July, it's pretty nice weather. That's 70s and some 80s. So, yeah, really stable weather. Um, and, and that, you know, we'll have marine pushes from time to time. looks like there's a little bit of one on Saturday behind this little upper level system coming through tomorrow. I mean, just a little wave. Uh, so Saturday, maybe a little cooler, a little warmer Sunday, Monday, maybe a little cooler after that. So, um, yeah, it looks like summer to me. Yeah. And the, I think looking between the GFS, which is the American model, the Euro, which is obviously the European model and their ensembles. Remember in the past couple of podcasts, we've talked about the tuba player, the uh, trumpet Mm -hmm. player. So we can. Yes. They tweak they tweak these mo- these computer these individual computer models in various ways thirty to fifty times, and then they can create like a mean or an average and give you an idea of you know generally 
ballpark where we're going to be seven to 14 days out. And the general message is stable, warm afternoons, you know, mild to yes. cool nights. Um, the only thing that really stood out to me, Mark, was the the GFS model, not the ensemble. Uh-oh, the, GFS. I know, I know, I know. The operational GFS is hinting at maybe some stretch of 90s like next week or, you know, 10, 10 days out or so. Seven to oh, 10 days it's out. always 10 days out. The weather geeks don't know right. what I mean with that one. Like the snow. Which, yeah, take it with a great It's always assault. 10 days out. Yeah. Yeah. Although I do recall when we had our extreme heat in June 2021, um, the GFS was kind of going nuts and we were thinking, oh, that's just the GFS again, right? And so we always look at everything. We take certain things with a grain of salt, but I think sure. most of most of the consensus is a lot of 70s and 80s, maybe a couple 90s peppered in when they, the ridge gets a little bit stronger. Right. Uh, but it uh, seems like we're entering a typical, you know, late June, July. Yeah. Pattern. Yeah. So let's talk about the conference. We've had a good time here. Some good subjects and some good uh, gossip, you know, a little bit of everything here. Okay, folks, yeah. uh, some people may have no idea, like, what is a weather uh, a weather conference? Like, what happens? This is a broadcast conference for broadcast meteorologists. There's a few people from some colleges, maybe, but it's pretty much people that are on TV, meteorologists that are forecasting weather on TV. So, uh, you know, you can imagine there's pretty good hair. I mean, most of these people have pretty good hair. Um, well, we saw that one guy, but uh, some have some have no hair. <laughs> yeah, some have no hair. Jim Cantori here is is he's here. You know, there's yeah. other people, a few other national people. Ginger Z from ABC is here. She gave a great talk. That was great yesterday. Yeah, yeah I was, and it, it was about <laughs> a lot of the mental health aspects, of, right, uh, of life, but also being a broadcaster, a broadcast meteorologist, and. You know, it's not the easiest thing. You get a lot of viewer comments, a lot of nasty emails. Um, some of you listening may have sent Mark and I one or two of those emails. No, or not. who would do no. that? No, I know. Um, but you know, she was <clears throat> she was saying it's normal. She was trying to normalize uh, the struggles sometimes with mental health, and a lot of people appreciated that. For those that don't know, Ginger Z is uh, the chief meteorologist for ABC or Good Morning America, uh, that's mm -hmm. where she's usually, some, sometimes she's on ABC News at night. Um, and then uh, Jim Cantori is a longtime uh, meteorologist for the Weather Channel. He has not spoken, I don't think he usually gives talks, but he's always here interacting. And, right. Um, uh, so <laughs> I think one of the first uh, sets of talks were related to um, you know the climate and the climate stripes. So uh, yesterday, I believe, um, was uh, the climate stripes right. day. Mark, Mark, what are climate stripes? What is the big thing uh, with climate stripes? It's just, I, I haven't used it really on air, but just it's just a representation, I think, of global temperature since 1850, right? And That's right. And you just see each year is a stripe, and so you see kind of almost like a barcode, and you see the uh, it turns you know from bluish to reddish, of course, you know up and down each year. But and so a lot of meteorologists on that first day of summer like to wear those on the air, or you know, uh, somebody had... Yeah, we saw somebody uh, from the area. He had he had those on yesterday, and um, yeah, other people as well. So it's just a way of showing, like, hey, this, you're kind of drawing attention to our warming climate. I think. Yeah. You know what, Every Jeff? Stripe... Could you talk? Could you yeah. talk for a second? I just realized I don't know why I would start a podcast with thirty five percent. I'm nervous. I'm going to go get my electric cord. I'm in my my, well, my plug it. So keep talking. Yeah, this Jeff. is the I, this is the best part about podcasting. Is it's it's like free form. It's it's not typical. You don't see this kind of stuff happen when we're on television, right? Um, so uh, the talks have kind of been separated by topics. And right now, as we record, uh, folks are talking about hurricanes, um, 
Darius talks about that, which we felt like it was probably a good time to cut out and get this podcast done because, well, we don't really get hurricanes in the Pacific Northwest. Um, so right. that's that's why Mark and I have snuck off to our rooms. But another interesting – hey. That was an interesting talk. We we left right after Brian Norcross's talk. You may remember him. He was the big star during Hurricane Andrew in the early 90s. But uh, he was talking about that cone, you know, the cone of uncertainty that you see on TV, folks. And, and his big thing is it kind of, a, I think, a maybe a thing that's coming more in the future is get rid of that center point in the cone. Like exactly that pinpoint is where the storm's going to go. We don't actually know that. And the Hurricane Center wants to say, if you're within this cone, you might have the hurricane on your doorstep. So. There, that was one thing he was talking about there with the hurricanes. Right. Um, and pre- previous to that, um, Jan Knoll, who is a meteorologist in the San Francisco mm-hmm. Bay Area, uh, gave a talk about uh, vehicular or car deaths, basically, um, right. child car deaths. And he, he, he noted, I know this is a Debbie Downer subject, but it's an important one. And we've already had one hot car death in the state of Washington this year. And mm-hmm. – I thought one of the most interesting statistics that he pointed out amongst a handful of them was um, you don't really need a hot day to really heat up a vehicle. Um, in fact, right. we were leaving from the coast, my wife and I, a, a couple weeks back, and uh, we had to run and grab something. Pepper, our dog, was sitting in the car, Mark, and it was probably 60 degrees outside, but it was sunny. Mm-hmm. And you know, we left for a minute or two. We came back, opened the car, and it was probably 80 degrees in there already. You know, It's a black car. So um, – what right. you know? What was interesting was you. You would think that the color of the exterior of the car would play a huge role in how hot the car gets and how quickly it gets hot. But it's more about the interior. So let's say you have black leather or you have a black dashboard. It's much more likely that your car is going to heat up faster um, than if it had a white interior. Um, right. But I, I actually uh, took a picture of one of the statistics. Um, the temperature. The ex, you know, the, the air temperature um, for pediatric vehicular heat stroke deaths. So on days that it's 100 degrees to 109 degrees, only 9% of the hot car deaths have happened during that temperature range. The majority of them, 48%, or on this on this graphic, 48% mm-hmm. of them happened when it was 90 to 99 degrees. 32% of them happened when it was 80 to 89 degrees. 7% during the 70 to 79 degree days. So it can be that's surprising, right? I mean, it can be in the seventies outside and you may not think (laughs) twice, but you you may head indoors. Let's say you need to run into the grocery store to grab some coffee filters and you leave your kid in there. Um, even with the windows cracked, it can get very hot, very fast. Yeah. Bottom line is never leave your kid inside of a car because, um, Mark, there was other stat that we found interesting. I think it was 38 states have laws against That's right. Lock. So it is illegal in 38 states to leave your pet or your dog in your car with the windows up and parked. But only 21 states have laws against leaving your child in your car. So that was an definitely- amazing stat. Yeah, that was amazing. It's like And what didn't he say? Didn't he say that in Delaware, was it Delaware? It was a state in the east. He said that you can – the police can lecture you or write a ticket. or Yeah, I think they can lecture you or whatever, but they cannot put it on your record. I think yeah. that was it. It was something odd and like I, that. If I'm not mistaken, I don't remember the exact stat, but I do know that either three or four states in the U.S. have never had a hot car death. 
I know for a fact that Alaska, Alaska was one of them, which is not too surprising because it's so much cooler up there. I believe New Hampshire and Vermont were two of the other states, and I think there right. may have been one more. Um, Oregon has only had four in total um, since records were began, um, and then I think four in Washington as well. So the southern half mm -hmm. of the United States tends to see more of them; the northern half less. So, and I think that one, that one in Oregon, I've harped on this for years, but sometime around 2000, plus or minus a few years, that uh, that one was in the spring. I think it was in April, and it was only in the 60s down in the Roseburg area. Only in yeah. the 60s. Yeah. So bottom line is that sunshine can do a lot to warm up your car. Um, I think it's called passive solar heating, where it warms yeah. things through the window. You, you, If you don't have an AC in your home, it happens if your windows are open. That's why we say always keep your windows closed uh, during those hot days. It'll help to cool keep things cool um what other the radar radar yeah. what about the radar climate vision yeah, let's talk about yeah. that so climate so we if you're a weather nerd and you watch the weather in oregon and you you've probably either read mark's blog or heard one of us um rant about the lack of radar coverage right. specifically in parts of central oregon and along the central oregon coast um, there is a, a company that is trying to solve that problem because it's not just oregon that has that issue there are other states. Nevada is another one that has uh, big radar gaps. Um, so, mm -hmm. Mark, talk about how this company is helping to solve that problem. Yeah, and it was, they're kind of in the, the starting stages because some of it I wasn't real clear, like seemed kind of ambitious. But they, they're partnering. I think they said so far they have seven TV stations where they have installed a radar like in one of those gaps. It'd be like if we paid, if KPTV paid um, this climate vision to install a radar on at Newport for example, or, or bend. Um, and so they've put in some radars. They have a plan. And what I didn't quite understand, Jeff, was that the, the, these are cheaper radars in the weather service, you know, not maybe not as good a coverage, but you, you, you can definitely see the quality is fine within like, I don't know, was it within like 80 miles of the radar site, a little, little closer in than the next rad radars. Um, but I, I didn't, wasn't quite sure, Jeff, when he, they showed this map of like their plan, and on that map, you could see a radar at, for Oregon, Washington, you could see one at around Newport of Florence, Bend, and Burns, which would fill in a bit of our radar gaps. What I didn't quite understand was that kind of their idea, this is what they'd like to do, or they're going to do this, um, and the, we'll see where the money comes from. I didn't quite understand. Maybe that's just kind of their ambition and their hoping stations, or maybe organizations, you know, like a coastal organization of some sort, maybe they could pay as well. And I don't know how much the cost is. He didn't talk about that. Yeah, it's something that we absolutely will be looking into. But um, I think the, the goal is to get radar coverage scanning of the lowest levels of the atmosphere down in the, right. the bottom you know, few thousand feet of the atmosphere. Because what happens is, think about the radar site in Scapoose. It scans and eventually it kind of scans at an angle. Right. So, so Let's say that it's scanning all the way out to Newport and we have a thunderstorm rolling on shore. It may be scanning, let's just estimate, you know, five to 10,000 feet or, or more, maybe right. around that up into the air. But what's happening, what's most important to us is what's happening in the lowest levels where the weather actually affects us. Let's say a tornado, a water spout is moving on shore and moves on shore to Newport that radar will never be able to scan what is actually happening at the ground, no. you know, at the surface. So the goal is to fill those gaps. Um, it, and central Oregon is important too. We have a lot of thunderstorms that break out during the warm season out there. So um, 
the goal is to kind of fill those gaps so that communities are not always ignored or left out or, you know, in some cases just a tornado may come through and we have no idea until afterwards, which is really, really scary stuff. Yeah. So to recap, the name of the company, I, I haven't looked online, but I'm sure you can find them. It's Clima Vision, like C-L-I-M-A Vision, Clima Vision. So they got a vision. And, and I did notice a couple of the people on there. I recognized the names. One was from the old WSI, the weather company. And so these are, you know, legit people that have started this company up. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next few years, if it takes off or, or if it's just, you know, kind of lingers. We'll see. It was good. It was a good talk though. Yeah, and yeah. Mark and I are going to be heading out in a few more minutes, in a few minutes from after we finish the podcast to watch more of these talks. Some of them are related to hurricanes. Some of them are related to severe weather, right. um, which isn't a huge deal in the Pacific Northwest, but it's always important to you know stay familiar with these weather topics. And uh, then uh, tomorrow, both of us, I, I mentioned, are going to be flying back to Portland. I'll fly back in the afternoon and the evening. I'll be back on air Monday morning. And Mark, I believe you're going to be back on air Monday evening afternoon evening is that correct? Oh, i'm working saturday and sunday okay camilla, so back on it i think it's okay to say camilla's doing an iron man triathlon this week weekend oh my gosh where do you know where she's oh. doing it yeah it's uh cord lane yeah cord lane wow good for What's her weather, yeah so not too hot she's hoping for about 60 and partly cloudy because that seems unlikely but at least there'll be no heat wave there which is what they those triathletes are really scared of that and yeah hopefully both of us have smooth flights heading back to Portland. And I bring that up because boy, Mark had a whole fiasco on. Oh my gosh. What was when you, you flew in, uh, when it was supposed to be Tuesday, you were supposed to get in Tuesday <laughs> evening into Phoenix, but instead you got in Wednesday morning. Tell our viewers what happened. Yeah. I don't want to belabor it too long. Cause we could spend the last five minutes of our podcast on this, but we won't, we'll spend one minute. Um, get on the flight. You know how you get on the flight. I was kind of tired for whatever reason. And you know how the droning, it's like, okay, they're going to push away from the gate. I had these on and I was starting to kind of lean against the window. And then they said, Oh, minor computer error. Hopefully just a 15 minute wait, 15 minutes later. It's like, uh Oh, we have a bigger issue. Um, we're delayed at least one more hour. So half the people leave the plane, you know, and then about 30 minutes after that, they say, I'm sorry, folks Our nearest possible. So I was supposed to leave at four. Next possible time we'll leave is at 6.50. So we need everybody off the plane. So we get off the plane and uh, I wait, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And they come on and say, uh, control center says this plane is in op is now out of service. We have no other flights going to Phoenix tonight, but we have one coming in from Phoenix at 11 p.m. And so we're going to turn that one around. To their credit, This I think they weren't going to use this plane. It was going to sit at PDX all night. They turned it around and the plane and we left at midnight instead of four. Got in, took a wild ride through the freeways of Phoenix at 3 a.m. Um, with a colorful driver. And then um, <laughs> and he had opinions on everything. And then I get here and, and I get in the lobby like 3, 3.15 in the morning. And for 15 minutes, there was not a human being oh. to be seen. It was real weird. So I finally crashed at 4 a.m. And I got caught up on my sleep last night. So I'm wide awake now. So that's good. So the goal is for us to get back on time so that Mark can be back on air on Saturday. I can be back on air. I have a little more buffer time by Monday. Right. Um, and and what's the other goal? Come on, Jeff. The food. Right? Our food. Mexican about, food. Yeah, we're trying to eat Mexican food every day. Yeah, it's, that's our goal, The last right? night was great. It was good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. You know what I learned, though? Um, and I even have it written on my notes for the podcast. A little fact you don't know about Jeff, when he uh, has hot salsa, he starts hiccuping. I go, why are you hiccuping last night? And he suddenly just starts going, 
You know, it has to be like a, a really, really spicy. I love spicy food. Like I can take it to the next level. I really like, uh, you know, habanero or like, you know, I, I like to crank it up. But yeah, it gets to a point. It might be a certain pepper that makes me hiccup. And then I just start sweating like crazy. Yeah, it started I, coming, the sweat started coming out. I, I went mild anyway, so it didn't affect me. I, and there's probably a few people out there that are like, oh, yeah, that happens to me too. But I don't, I don't think it's normal. So I promise I'm okay. It might just be an allergy. Um, Go ahead. We also get training on our. I was gonna say we also get training on our weather system, which we use. That's so right. that company's here. The weather company. It's an IBM company. You know, they make the graph model, but they also all our graphics. We make our own graphics, folks. But the boxes and the software are sitting there. You know, we're using we're using the mouse here to uh, do things. So we got training on that. How to change our labels. So so we won't say Mount Hood Villages anymore. We can change it to Welch's. Minor yep. details like that, but it enhances your life when you're watching us on TV or on the app. And it, it's yeah. just fun to be able to talk to other meteorologists from across the nation and, and some that are actually here from outside of the U.S. Um, and just kind of pick their brain on what works for them, what doesn't work for them. Some familiar faces from the Northwest uh, or from previous markets that we've worked in. Um, so, yeah, it's been a lot of fun uh, learning experience. They won't be named. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Did you see the guy I sat by yesterday, Jeff? Big, tall dude. I was sitting by him. He's an Aussie. He's here from Australia. First time he'd ever come here to come to a weather conference. Well, one of our speakers early on, I think you were still sleeping, <laughs> Mark, was a Norwegian yeah. meteorologist. So somebody from Norway. Oh, really? Right. Yeah, I yeah. missed that one. I was asleep. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's been a great experience so far. So, again, uh, we're going to be heading back to the Northwest on Friday. And my flight is supposed to land right as those thunderstorms are moving east of the metro area. So, there's a chance that I might be able to snap some uh, from the plane and maybe send it out so all of you can see That'll it. That'll be but neat. We, yeah. we always appreciate what you guys are sending in. So if you do see or experience a thunderstorm tomorrow, submit the photo, submit the video to our website, kptv.com slash weather. There's a place to submit it or our weather app. Um, that way that we can use right. it on air or we can share it out to our social media platforms. And we will credit you, of course, if you leave your name and your location, your city. So um, – Thanks for joining us for episode yep. 57 of the Fox 12 Weather Podcast from Phoenix, Arizona, and the American Meteorological Society's 50th annual broadcast conference. Um, and we're going to be back to normal programming next week. We'll be recording on Thursday, uh, I believe, and we should have maybe one or two other team members on that. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining us, and we'll be in touch. We'll talk to you soon. See you later. Please tell us.